When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. I've really viewed every play and every game as, you know, it's kind of its own entity. I mean, football is a game of momentum, but... I really think that, that maybe that's more within games, you know, than, than um, game to game. You just have to, you know, keep going over your details. I mean, we, we would walk through our two-minute in such detail all, all August, and I think, you know, some of that detailed work is really paying off now too. So, you know, putting in the time, putting in the preparation, I think, you know, can oftentimes show itself in those moments. Nice suit game there. Yeah. From Kirky McClutcherton, the fourth quarter Pharaoh yesterday. You like that? I'm, uh, I'm you like that? that suit game. It looks good. You like that? Yeah. You like you how like that suit tastes? He gets some tailored, uh, right? He's he's got to get a tailored suit. You think? Or well, I think he probably just probably just goes to Nordstrom's. Yeah, just, about to uh, say. Never mind. Pulls the pulls one off the rack. Yeah, yeah. That that doesn't <laughs> surprise me at all. He, you know, he might get it tailored at Nordstrom's. Which, by the way, there's nothing wrong with that. No, I not at that. all. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a short guy. I need to go I, I'm a skinny guy. I need I need it to be thinned up too. I I, I completely understand the game. I'm dropping weight, so I don't care. Oh about yeah. Okay. Thick rack. Oh my gosh. Uh we uh we have Bears Ventline in tow today too. If uh, the Vikings winning yesterday wasn't enough joy for you, how about tap dancing on the grave of an <laughs> NFC North opponent? But should we just get right into it here? Vikings sure. statements from a game that was played yesterday. Mm-hmm. I'll start us off here, boys. All right. Mackie and Judd, Daily Minnesota Sports Entertainment. And here is the first statement. Kirk Cousins has probably saved Mike Zimmer's job two weeks in a row now. So somehow, some way, the Vikings found themselves trailing in the second half again against an inferior opponent, at least offensively, because Mike Zimmer loves to play for field goals inside the five-yard line and never inspires his team to just throttle down on a weak opponent. And so in comes Mr. Game-Winning Drive to save the day. In comes the late-game luminary himself, Kirk Cousins sets the Vikings up at the end of regulation, does his job, only to be burned just like he was in Arizona by a missed kick. And so he says, all right, enough of this kicker crap. I'm taking matters into my own magical late-game luminary hands, and he throws a dart to K.J. Osborne for the win. And so Kirk Cousins, hats off for how great he's played late in games this season. And I think if the Vikings lose to the Lions, by the way, shooter Charlie Walters basically floated that in the Pioneer Press that if the Vikings would have lost to the Lions, there's a good chance Mike Zimmer would have been fired. He said he's week to week. (laughs) He said he could be fired at any moment. And he's not just making that up. I'm sure somebody in the organization floated that to him. So if if 
if that's the case, if Mike Zimmer's week to week, then Kirk Cousins has saved Mike Zimmer's job two weeks in a row. That's my first statement. My first statement is this. So the bye week is here. There's time to take a deep breath. Three and three. It's um, it's not as good as we think it should have been, but it's certainly after no one to start better than it could have been. And my statement is. Okay, Toby Keith. Is. Right, calm down, Toby. I can't wait. I can't wait to see how this team does in the four-game gauntlet that is going to come out of the bye against Dallas at home, Baltimore on the road, Chargers on the road, and then the Green Bay Packers at home. That four-game stretch is going to tell us everything that we possibly need to know about Zimmer, about Kirk Cousins, about everything that this team is potentially about as far as is this a playoff team? Is this an ascending team that could get to the playoffs and make a run. Is this a team that, you know, deserved the fact that it started 0-2? I can't wait for this stretch because it's going to define the season and it's going to give us, there's going to be no more, that was Detroit, so I'm not quite sure. Or, you know, Carolina's got a good defense, but man, that offense is awful. We are going to know exactly what the price of poker when it comes to the Vikings is coming out of the bye and the four immediate games that is going to tell us what this team is. It is like to your point. It's really hard to know how to feel about this team after six games because you know you look at the roster and they've got they have a legit third wide receiver now in mm-hmm. KJ Osborne, right? Like we, we were unsure about that going into the season. Their defense has stepped up big time in the last three and a half games, but then you look and it's like, all right, well they've played Sam Darnold, Jared Goff, Baker Mayfield. I don't think is very good. Uh, so those are those are your three most dominating defensive performances. Two of them were at home. And then you're in these close games and your quarterback has to bail you out and you might have kicking problems. Like people say, well, they could be five and one. If, if, if this, this, and this happened, then they could be five and one. And I say, yeah, but they could also be one and five right? Mm-hmm. with losses to the Panthers and the Lions. So I think Correct. if they could be five and one and they could be one and five, then they probably should be three and three, which is exactly what they are. Now they have two weeks to do some more self-scouting, which is what they did going into Take a long look at yourself. Um, and and that gauntlet of opponents in Dallas, my God, like I feel like my I feel like Dallas and Minnesota are both in a similar boat in that like Dallas seems like they're further along, but you've got two head coaches that are like kind of 10, 15 years ago mindset head coaches that have no concept of like strategic game management or like when to go for it on fourth down. You got these great rosters that are being held back by these dinosaur head coaches. Um, and both teams have a bye here and two weeks to to rest up. So but, I, I I'm with you. I don't really know what to make of this. But team. you know you know the crucial difference between the Dallas Cowboys and the Vikings. The Cowboys ha- have a coach who was very successful um, a few years back, but he's still a coach who cares the most about his quarterback. The defense is outsourced there, and and so that's the one the one difference is this: Dak Prescott has the coach constantly by him to communicate, which is important. The Vikings, maybe not so much. So that's one key strategic difference in why it's really important to have a head coach who never outsources offense and, most importantly, the quarterback position. All right, Declan. All right, my first statement. It is Kirk Cousins has evolved, and the rest of the team needs to do the same. If the Vikings are going to do anything this season, it's obvious it's through their offense. Like, their defense has played better. And there's components of their defense that look really strong. The defensive line's been awesome this season. 
but their defense will not carry them. It just won't carry them if they're going to make a run in the playoffs. Kirk Cousins right now is playing on a new level this season. You see it with his fourth-quarter comebacks. You've seen it with the game-winning drives, and there just seems to be a different mantra about him. He looks pissed all the time now. Like, usually he's more of a happy-go-lucky, and I'm not trying to say he didn't have fire before, but there seems to be a new level of swagger to him, and I love to see it. And I, I just I think when you look at what Kirk has done, especially in, in the in the in the clutch situations, and I know Mackey sometimes likes to uh, get all of his fourth quarter Pharaoh and the late game luminary mm-hmm. and all that stuff, and and Kirk deserves credit for that. Mm-hmm. But Kirk, in my opinion, Judd has taken that next step, and I really want to see what the Vikings can do leaning into their offense. Mike Zimmer, he, he still punts on fourth and short. He still has way too much trust in his defense. If the Vikings want to make a run, Kirk Cousins has taken that next step. I want to see if the Vikings around him can lift, lift themselves up and take that next step with him. And I don't know that, that he's pissed as as much as now confident. Like the thing with Kirk is how many times, you know, since he arrived here in 2018, have we seen a late drive, right? And like Kirk looks sort of, I don't know, like, yeah, okay, cool. I hope it works. And, and then it doesn't. Um, the guy, these past two weeks, and you know what? The one thing is, Carolina's not good, but their defense is. Like, that's that's not a, that is a, a statistically stout defense. And for Kirk to come out there and be as certain as Kirk was, I, the K.J. Osborne pass, I, I think it was the one he caught before it, the touchdown, I think it was a third down, where the first read was like Thielen and Jefferson, but then Osborne basically crossed Kirk's face, and Kirk made that throw, and it wasn't a perfect throw, but it was a good enough throw, and K.J. Osborne made that catch. This is a different Kirk, I think, mentally, uh, because we've always had the stretches where, like, Kirk's dauber is down, and then Kirk gets mad, which is why Kirk Tober takes place, right? Like, Kirk Tober is, oh, my God, now Kirk is playing well. Um, I would, here's the one thing I would not, sell short with Kirk because I think it's such a mental game with him. I would not sell short that I think that the whole vaccine controversy actually has emboldened him from the get-go to say, I will show you. Kirk needs that. And when Kirk has that, that fire starts, it's a lot more fun. And I love the fact that he now gets the ball these last two weeks and is like, screw it. Let's go, go, go. Not... Not, you know, check down. Oh, no. Uh, should we run? Time out. What should we do? That's not the Kirk that we're, we're seeing now, and that's a huge improvement. I'm with you on that. Yeah, I'll give you, I'll give you a bonus Kirk statement here off of this. and that Because, of, of course, like the last couple of weeks when he's played well down the stretch, and, he's, and, he's, and he played well throughout most of the game last, this, well, for sure this week. Um, you know, you owe an apology to Kirk Cousins for all of your <laughs> – criticism right here i hear that from a lot of. i'd people. like to hear one from you actually yes well when new information is presented <laughs> and no no, no no this is not no listen to me like i am when leading up to this season okay yes he was one of the worst quarterbacks in the nfl last four or five minutes of a game when trailing like when your team needs you it's comeback time here's the ball three minutes left go 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 mm-hmm. He was 46th in passer rating, below a bunch of like backups who got demoted. This is since he joined the Vikings. He was 45th in yards per attempt and uh, 56% completions, which was also bad, like outside the top 30. This year, he's been, I don't have all the rankings, but like this year, he's been the best in some of those situations, at least with the eye test. Like he has been incredible against Cincinnati, against the Cardinals, 
the last couple of weeks. And so, you know, you need to apologize. No, like he's elevated himself in those situations. He's a different guy in those situations, which is what we've been calling for. And so new information is presented. He deserves to be praised. Now they're three and three and they have a ton of games left. And so you have to keep doing this. Like October isn't the end of the season. But uh, but he deserves to be praised for stepping up in these situations that he has struggled in in his career. Amen. And, and as Patrick says, we don't control the narrative of the team or players. They do. So, like, if Cousins succeeds, awesome. It's fun to watch. We'll praise yeah. him. If he, do- if he doesn't, what we don't go is, is excuse hunting, right? Oh, man, I mean, that, that's not his fault. That's not. No, you're paid really well. So, yes, exactly. Um, all right. Here's my next one. The Viking self-scout that they did a week early appears to have told them to throw in the ball more and take some deep shots. Oh, my gosh. I've got my cell phone right here. Clint, Mike, you could have called me. I could have told I could have saved you the self-scout angst. I could have we all could have gone. We all could have gone for a surly furious and and had a couple beers. And I could have said, uh, you know what? You really should throw throw more. And to Declan's point, I don't think it's just leaning into Kirk. I think coming back from the bye, you lean into the whole offensive experience because I think what they are realizing a little bit now, excuse me as I, my notes just covered my camera. I think what they're realizing right now, it's gone. I took it away. No, no one kills more trees my in notes. PR departments than Judd's It's my guy. notes. I, you know what? Because I'm an old guy. Old I like man. notes. Old man trying to figure out how to be on YouTube. I here. like, I like, yeah, well, the camera's <laughs> low and I forget that especially when, when I uh, come into the studio sometimes. But the Vikings right now have, for the first time with Kirk here for sure, a third receiver option that's fantastic. Not just good, fantastic. So if you look at this offense as a whole now, lean into the in- entire experience. Jefferson, Thielen, Osborne, Conklin's not great, but he's not bad. He, he can certainly catch balls, right? Like you have all, a uh, Cook, you have all of these Weapons now lean into them all, and Kirk, to his credit, is doing a marvelous job of orchestrating things from the primary position. How about this? So the Vikings came in; um, they came into the game with like I want to say they were like twentieth in deep passing attempts here. In fact, I'm going to get this real quick here. So coming into this week, actually, this number is going to include everything this week too. So um, they are now 17th in deep passes. So here's the number. They came into the game with 15 deep pass attempts on the season through five games. They're averaging like three a game by deep passes. I'm not talking about Hail Marys here, right? I'm I'm talking about 20 yards in the air or more, which is not that much to ask for. It's just, hey, take a shot once in a while with Justin Jefferson and Adam So they came into the game with 15 deep pass attempts that traveled 20 yards or more in the air. Yesterday, eight. So yesterday they had they had essentially wow. more than double their current season total going into the week. They were four for eight on those throws for 108 yards, 14 yards per attempt. And uh, the K.J. Osborne one was the touchdown that won the game for you. So if that's not a lesson, and by the way, that's against one of the best pass rushing defenses in the NFL mm-hmm. on the road mm-hmm. and get it. It wasn't a train wreck. The offensive line, you know, sometimes they didn't hold up, but you don't need a perfect offensive line to take some shots down the field when you've got those three wide receivers. And so 
that should be a great blueprint for how to proceed throughout the rest of the season. We're not asking to throw, you know, a deep pass on everyone, but eight of them throughout the course of a game, that's great aggressiveness. And, I loved it. And a deep pass that does not hit sends a message still. Like, you can't say, well, we tried to throw deep to Jefferson and it didn't uh, didn't work, so bleep that. No, that actually puts defenses on their heels more and so anything that you do that implies that, that that you're going to attempt to have your Pro Bowl QB right now drive the ball down the field is a good idea. So the four that hit, that's fantastic. The four that didn't sent a message. Yeah. Keep doing Amen. it. Amen. Then we're back to Declan here. Yep, my second statement. Uh, piggybacking off Mackey's first one, but to a different uh, degree to a little bit. My statement is somebody gets fired if the Vikings had lost that game. Lost that game, obviously, to the Panthers. Look at the evidence if you're Mike Zimmer. You almost lost to Dan Campbell and Matt Rule. Dan Campbell and Matt Rule almost stole a game from you. Jared Goff and Sam Darnold are putrid quarterbacks, and your defenses collapsed in inopportune moments. Fourth and ten at your at, at their own in their own deep in their own territory, and you give up a big play. I'm sorry. That like how how does that happen? Jared Goff walks back down and 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 daggers you, and then Dan Campbell has the stones to go for two and nearly gets you fired right there. Mike Zimmer had a case to be fired there. Quint Kubiak was asked to self scout this going into the game this week after five games because his offense was too predictable. There's too many talented players for them to be that predictable on offense, and you're looking at your OC saying, you guys got to go back to the drawing board. It's not even the bye week yet, and you have to self-scout? Rick Spielman drafts 11 players in the draft, and none of them are playing the most draftees you had in the NFL draft, and you are playing your rookies the least. We can make a case of who was the most likely to get fired of those three, Zimmer and Kubiak and Spielman, and obviously Zimmer's the most likely one of those three to be canned if, if that were to happen at the bye week. But I'm saying if someone lose, if you lose to the Panthers on Sunday, somebody is fired today, and we're not talking about victory Monday. We're talking about someone who got canned. Since we're piggybacking here, that's a great little preamble into my next statement. So I'll just I'll just respond to your statement with a statement of my own here on Statement Monday. Mike Zimmer is holding a good, maybe even really good roster back this season from being better. You know, they're sitting like they're involved in these knife fights against the Lions at home. And this this Carolina team yesterday, that was one of the most embarrassing offensive performances that I can remember in like the last 15 or 20 years watching the NFL. And you might say, well, yeah, but like the Vikings defense had something to do with that. Yeah, the Vikings defense was good yesterday, but Carolina dropped eight passes officially, according to Pro That's Football all? Focus. They had eight dropped go, passes. Go back and watch that again. <laughs> I got 10 to 11. <laughs> well, there's probably like two or three that Poorly are thrown know, by Darnold. Right. Yeah, maybe they were a little bit behind yeah, Robbie Anderson That was or something, a gong like, show. But eight official drops mm-hmm. is a gong show. And you're right, Judd. There's probably two or three other ones you can mix in there, too. They turned the ball over three times. They completed 40% of their passes as a team in 2021 NFL. This is a home game. Mm-hmm. And at one point in the second half, they were averaging three yards per play offensively. And yet, here the Vikings are in a knife fight, somehow not up by 21 points in this game because Mike Zimmer loves to settle for field goals inside the five-yard line, two of them yesterday. you know, And, and coming into the game, the Vikings were you know, bottom half of the league in deep pass attempts because Mike Zimmer has to – everything has to gravitate toward close and tight and conservative. And it all sort of culminated with the all-time scared coaching sequence by Zimmer 
Vikings up eight, 2.30 left. They're facing a third and eight from fringe field goal range, and they have a chance the next couple of plays to just end the game. And so they hand off on third and eight instead of trusting their $35 million white-hot quarterback, and they you know they lose whatever it was, three or four yards. And now on fourth down, you could just attempt a 54-yard field goal and end the game. You know, maybe there's a 30 or 40% chance he makes that field goal. And Mike Zimmer thinks, yeah, but there's a 70% chance he misses it. So therefore, we need to punt because I trust my defense. Well, if you really trust your defense, kick the field goal and end the game. And if he misses, good news. You trust your defense to stop them from going 60 yards and converting a two-point conversion. So it's like, why is this team putting up 371 yards on offense, the Vikings? Why are they so explosive down the field at times in this game and still like trailing in the second half. It's because of situational conservative play calling and Mike Zimmer's just general propensity to, to, to coach as close as possible. Let's keep it close, right? No risks. And it drives me nuts. He's holding this team back. All right. My next statement is pure positivity. No questioning of things. Nothing like that. The Vikings have found a left tackle. Christian Darrisaw. I didn't. I don't think I noticed him once. He got. And I'm not saying he did, did not get, get beat because he definitely did at times. But he didn't get beat much. And you know what? Rashad Hill. God bless him again. Career backup. When he's asked to play left tackle, does not look the, the part. Like it's like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Christian Darrisaw looks the part. He is a left tackle. He is a first round pick. Um, yesterday. Hopefully, for the Vikings' sake, started a long run of this young man starting at one of the most important positions on offense, holding it down, us not talking about that being a potential weak link now. Christian Darrisaw, to me, it that was a huge first step in actually, it's been addressed. You, you used a first-round pick. He looked the part. I think he'll be absolutely fine now. It is so important that it appears the Vikings have found a left tackle who hopefully they can plug in for eight to ten years and we don't go through a Matt Khalil, we don't go through controversies. He's just a solid left tackle. And whoever the quarterback is, if it's Kirk or somebody else in the coming seasons, you have what would be expected to be the blindside protector on the offensive line and we don't have to be concerned. And last thing, most importantly too, for the next five years, relatively cheap, so there's not a salary cap problem with an incredibly important spot, Christian Darrisaw. By the way, by the way, 53 dropbacks yesterday. Christian Darrisaw allowed one pressure. On the season, he has allowed one pressure on 69 dropbacks. So he hasn't been perfect. There's been some, you know, there's been some times where maybe he's gotten beat, but it didn't result in a pressure. But, um, Big, big upgrade over the first, what, four weeks yes. of Rashad Hill. In, in fact, big time. In fact if, if I could, because the one that he got beat on, I know it. And I want to broach this quickly with a follow-up statement. Kirk Cousins' development as a quarterback was seen on the play that Derrissaw got beat, beat on. Because the play that he got beat on was the fourth quarter play. Second and six, Vikings at their 29. It's late in the game. It's the drive that ended, unfortunately, with the uh, Greg Joseph miss. But Kirk Cousins, the guy that beat Derrissaw, tried to strip Kirk. And the last two years, I contend, Kirk fumbles. All hell breaks loose. Carolina recovers. They kick a field goal. Game done. You lose. 
Kirk Cousins not only kept the ball, he avoided the sack and gained 16 yards. And like, so if we're, if people are like, well, I mean, how's, how's Cousins different? Because that's good. The Kirk stands are actually going to say, he's always done this. You guys just didn't appreciate it. No, 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 that play. (laughs) But, but I mean, that's the play we've talked about, Phil, for years. It's the Brady play, the Rodgers play. It doesn't mean that you're the most athletic player on the field. It means that you feel pressure, protect the football, and escape. Mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins got 16 yards. That is a that is a play that Kirk Cousins flat-out fumbles on in 2018 or 19, and this time he didn't. He ran for 16 yards. He got a first down. That's huge. Yeah, and you know what? It helps when it comes to risk management when you've got a great left tackle, and that's what federated insurance can be for your business if you're a business owner. Oh, great transition. That's right. Yes, thank you. Bravo. Thank you. Bravo. Federated insurance is all about managing risk, protecting your employees, protecting your bottom line as a business. And uh, you can find out more about all the great resources they have at federatedinsurance.com. And remember at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. Before we get to our friend Randy in Cottage Grove, who uh, I'm sure has some takes okay. on what happened yesterday. Ah. <sighs> There's not many things more hilarious than angry NFC North fans. Let's turn to Bears Ventline, courtesy of our friends on The Score and ESPN 1000 in Chicago. Set, go. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Man, win with class, dude. If you're a Hall of Fame quarterback and you're beating up the Bears, you've done it your whole life. Talk to me after you win the Super Bowl. Don't tell me about your miserable failures every year in the NFC Championship. It doesn't matter. Next year, he's gone anyways. He's he's like that. He's a selfish dude. He he may own us, but he disowned his family. That's what I think about that. (laughs) Okay. That's awesome. But that guy is completely hammered, and his kid's kids in in the the background. background. Who's watching? I hope mom's there. Yeah. Dude, it's like, so so Aaron Aaron turned to a group of Bears fans after scoring a touchdown and just said, "I've bleeping owned you my whole life. I still own you." I love it. He, he, it in his defense, he was being flipped off, so he was getting the double bird. He saw it and did that, which, by the way, is awesome. Yeah, I love it. That's great, dude. Yeah, Let's hear more here. more. We got we got Aaron here. <laughs> Matt Nagy's got to go, man. Matt Nagy is not an NFL head coach. I mean, his game plan gets schemed out so bad by the defense. You know, they they got off on the first 15 plays the last few games. You know, they scored a touchdown, but then it's like three quarters of misery. I mean, you're just watching this guy trying to – he doesn't know what to do. <laughs> okay, so – I, uh, I'm not going to stand up here and defend Matt Nagy because I don't think he's a great NFL head coach, but I would love to see, was that Aaron in Berwyn, Declan, yes. that we just played? Correct. I'd love to see Aaron in Berwyn, like in a room, a football debate with Matt Nagy, just explaining like, okay, how is it that Matt Nagy's scheme gets out-schemed by opposing defenses? Please explain Aaron in Berwyn. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, how about Dan and DeKal? Oh, that we already played Dan and DeKal. What Steve? about Steve? Yeah, well, a little Steve in Chicago. The writing's on the wall. You know, Matt Nagy has to be gone at the end of the year, even if the Bears uh, go to the playoffs miraculously. But I think after today's game, I think 
this is who the Bears are, a mediocre team, can beat mediocre teams, but just doesn't have enough horses to compete offensively against Green Bay and next week against Tampa Bay. The Bears. The Bears. The Bears. Even if the Bears. The, the Bears. Bears. <laughs> That's hilarious. Ah, uh, yes. Bears, that line here. A Vikings win and a devastating Bears loss all in one, although the Packers won. So, uh, all right, we got, we'll got we get bonus statements. we got more to say about that and also other things that happened around Minnesota sports. But let's get to our guy, Randy, in Cottage Grove here. I'm Mackie and Judd. You know, I was watching the protection, to be honest with you, just trying to see if we're, you know, holding up against those guys, if they were blitzing. Um, but it was a great a great throw and a great catch by KJ. And honestly, the, the catch he made before that, I thought that was maybe even better. But he's been, you know, he's been a guy in Arizona, made a couple big plays. Um, you know, I think maybe last last week and some of the some of the deals. So he's when the game's been on the line, he's he's produced. By the way, I think the Vikings have three receivers on pace for a thousand yards. Um, a lot of background noise there, uh, Randy and Cottage Grove. What's uh, what's going on there, buddy? Well, I'm just uh, outside enjoying uh, some fresh air. All right. I mean, it sounds. I mean, it sounds like a tornado is blowing through your neighborhood or wherever well, you are. Right you know, I, I'm, I'm outside uh, just helping clean up, make the world look a little better, a little less litter. Wait, wow. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I got a, I got a question off that. Is this, um, is this on your own or is this some type of program that mandates you help clean things up? It's me and some buddies, uh, some guys, some, some fellas that all do this at a scheduled time a couple of times a month. Are you Who wearing a bright it? coat of sorts from the state? There's a, there's a lot of different ways you can you can go about uh, sort of uh, making uh, making making amends, as they say, and uh, mm-hmm. this is a, this is one of the ways you can uh, get your uh, get your good name back. All right. Well, well, we're not here to judge, even though we are. Uh, so, well, good luck with that. Just uh, you know, st- steer clear of the of the busy traffic. All I gotta say is pay the parking tickets if you get them. Oh, yeah. Okay. Very important. Glad. Public service. Good good life advice for everybody. Well, uh, well, thank you for taking some time away from your community or uh, whatever you're doing (laughs) out there. I'll start on the other end of the street when I get done to this this end. Randy. Randy. You're on. Randy, Randy, we're we're live here, buddy. Yeah, okay. I, I, I got a lot of thoughts. Yeah, what did you think? Vikings big road victory yesterday, Carolina. It's a signature win uh, again for the second week in a row, and this one was a road one, as you said. And uh, uh, they're starting to they're starting to rack them up. That's two in a row. And uh, I'm not sure if I would great. call the Lions a signature win. I mean, you can maybe call yesterday. Anytime you win on the road in the NFL against a high powered offense and a pretty stout defense too, that those Panthers guys were flying around. Uh, that's a good win. It's a good W, a signature win uh, so far this year for sure. Yeah, so uh, let's get it. Stud stable. Let's do Judd it. Has, Judd, Judd has no time for your Vikings optimism right well, now. Well, no, he's busy. He's got to pick stuff up. I don't want him to get in trouble with, with start, his start it, start supervisor. It, it started. Right, uh, start it up. No, this, well, here. All it's right. Going. This is oh Randy God. and Cottage Grove's week six Viking stud yeah. stable. Go get it. All right. We're going to have to do this one stud stable by the uh, side of uh, Highway 61 here between uh, Hastings and Cottage Grove. Nice. Uh, I hope your parole uh, officer We're still mind. excited about it. Be careful. 
it's a busy highway. The number one stud of the week is the super stud, of course. Oh. And he's coming up in a little bit. But first, let's start things off with a guy who absolutely came to play yesterday. And that's Alexander Madison. What? Alexander, you are really starting to make a lot of people wonder if we should have given Delvin all that scratch. You keep doing this like you're doing it, Delvin? You might be finding yourself on the old trading block. Because Alexander <laughs> Madison is a stud. Um, Did he play? Right. Um, no, he played. Alexander oh. Madison had three carries for... 10 yards. Oh. The way he ran the rock yesterday was purposeful. It had a lot of intent <laughs> behind it. And I like the way he's ready to go. Did you Deep watch the, the game? Season. He's not going to get hurt like Delvin. Coming up next is Tyler Conklin. Tyler, right. your flow is unmatched on the squad. Hmm. The only thing that I think, Tyler, that you're, you're going to really want to work on down the stretch is a little bit of a signature move after a first down catch. I agree A little bit of a swagger. Kind of pull the hips from side to side and Give it a bit of a thrust. That's a go. big way to say first down. I'm with Randy on that one. I don't know about the Alex well, Do you need Madison an Elvis Presley move? Over on the defense, yeah. mm-hmm. there's a lot of guys who I think deserve a real big shout-out. But perhaps none bigger, in my opinion, than the guy we brought back from the brink of NFL disaster. Everson Griffin. Everson, you eat quarterbacks for lunch. And yesterday, you were really looking hungry. I like the way you push through the line. And the way you look in the camera with a little extra smile after a big throwdown. Everson, you're a stud. He is charismatic. Mm-hmm. I don't think he had a yesterday, but we'll move on. And finally, here's a guy who I, I was sour on. I was sour on early in the year, but he's led a whole lot of comebacks. It isn't his fault there was a fumble and, and, a, and a, a, bad, a bad Joseph once. Uh, he's led a whole lot of comebacks almost every week. What more can you ask out of this guy? And he's he's the captain of the ship. And if they let him loose and unchain him, we're gonna we're gonna rattle off a few more of these wins. So not just a stud, but this week, Kirk Cousins, you're a super stud. Wow, super, wow. Stud. super stud, dude. Super stud. Oh, a su- Randy is a. Pro, I think his PO might have gotten him. Yeah, he was supposed. I mean, he's working for the state. <laughs> we're fortunate he called. I him had all. questions. I mean, well. I've got I'm a big Alexander question. Madison guy, but Me like too. Dalvin Cook had 29 carries for a buck 40 and, Griff- and a touchdown in that and, game. Yesterday. And Elv had no sacks. I wonder how much of that game he watched. Is it possible he was maybe so hanging out with his buddies on yes. the side of 61 yesterday too? Well, my theory at times is he gets so drunk during games mm-hmm. that he sort of just blacks out. Mm-hmm. And the, the next day just basically makes up what he think he what he thinks he saw. That's very possible. That's very possible. I've done that in my day watching go for football, actually. Yeah. Yeah, but that's forgivable. Back in the old Macadac back in the Glen That's Mason forgivable. <laughs> that's called self-preservation. That, that Michigan game in 2003, I was there physically. Oh. You're dead inside sure after that. that. You're go yeah. for football fandom, dead inside. <laughs> uh, hey, how about some bonus statements here? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, I got some. I, I know Declan has That's, a non-Vikings one. That maybe do. we should just get to it. In fact, Pretty this one's going to be sponsored by our friends at the Minnesota Wild. All right? We are giving away Minnesota Wild tickets to the October 24th game against the Predators. All you have to do is open the Score North app. If you don't already have it, download it. Register and enter to win. We'll pick a winner on October 21st. And if you are a college student, discounts are back this season for College Night at the X. 
and wild tickets start at just $39. There's a few games to choose from each month, and you can find out more at wild.com slash theme packs. All right, Declan, continue hearing the torch for statements here. Weekend statement is uh, referees are trash and don't tell me how to react. That's my that's my statement here. Referees are trash and don't tell me how to react. I went to 3M at Mariucci Arena on Friday night. Gophers and Huskies go St. Cloud State. Proud alumni here. St. Cloud gets a big win in Minneapolis. I'm fired up. I'm excited. Series goes back up north to uh, St. Cloud at the Herb Brooks National Hockey Center. St. Cloud looking for a sweep. It's overtime. And maybe one of the most egregious plays, and I'll play it here for our video audience, and I believe this is Jim Rich and Pat Micheletti on the call. And for our YouTube audience, you'll see one of the most absurd non-calls I think you'll ever see in hockey. I'm so disappointed. Oh, he pulled it. Yeah, he, he grabbed him right here. I, I mean, it's, it's right, right there. It's right in front of him. This one's going to be, this one's gonna be talked Lord. about for a while. That is... I'm sorry. I know refereeing is not no. a, it's not an easy job. They do a great job. That is atrocious. So, yeah. for our audio audience... Blake McLaughlin, McLaughlin of the Gophers clearly hooks the St. Cloud player. In fact, even drags him yeah. to the ground. Yeah, perfect. That's what, that's, uh, that's what you saw. And looks it's back at the referee man. like, yeah. oh, I'm caught dead-handed. No call. He skates mm. a circle around. And yes, the St. Cloud player should have not given up on the play. You'll play to the whistle. I'll tell you right now, that's going to be stamped on every peewee hockey team for the rest of eternity because he didn't play for the whistle. And that's not a dive. That's not a dive. Gopher fans... You are insane to say that's a dive. And St. Cloud fans get pissed, rightfully so. They start throwing crap on the ice. That is an egregious call. When the league, the NCHC, has to come out and put a press release that says that should have been called a penalty, that says everything you need to know. We're a Big Ten team, okay? Play it again. Let me actually hold on. Let me give you so that's a St. Cloud perspective. Okay, let's get the gopher perspective yep. as a guy who went fell? to every gopher hockey home God, game dude. for four years between 2003 and 2007. Okay, I saw you know they don't have great skate sharpeners up there in St. Cloud, they don't have the resources in St. Cloud that they do here in the Twin Cities. And so, you know, I saw a guy who lost an edge. And I saw a Gophers player looking back saying, oh, it's not really fair that that St. Cloud player lost an edge. I'm going to slow up, let him catch back up to me, and then we'll continue the play. Let's watch it again through that prism. Clearly, I'm so disappointed. Oh, he pulled yeah, he, he grabbed him right here. I mean, it's right, it's right in front of him. Yeah. I'm so disappointed. Oh, he, he pulls yeah, him down. He, him he right also here. starts to argue I mean, with the right official. There. I, I would go back to, anything. I'd go, I'd go back to play it against sports or wherever he got those skates sharp. Get him sharpened up again. I demand a five dollar refund. I mean that is just it, at that stage in the game for you to lose an edge like that and slip. I mean what bad luck for St. Cloud State. Mm. God Almighty! It, it I can't. I it, it made me insane. It made me absolutely insane. And I'm not. Look, I like St. Cloud. Okay, I'm an alumni. I'm proud to have went to the St. Cloud State University. Everyone rags on St. Cloud State. It's the party school. It's everyone's favorite safety school. Yet here I am in the same industry with you people who have a bajillion more dollars in debt from Mizzou and U of M and wherever else. But here what? I am doing the same thing you're doing. But yeah, go Huskies. Referees, you're trash. You're absolutely it's trash. Your, but it's your referees. That's the best thing. They're the referees from your conference who screwed you against the Big Ten team. Wait. 
Did you just do it? You just did a drive-by. You just you, Declan's doing a drive-by. And he, check out it Mizzou. Looks like he just he hit Mizzou. Scoggins went he there hit North, too. Northwestern. He might have hit Syracuse Journalism School. I'm yeah, sure take that, Mike that. Tirico. Bleep you, Mike Tirico. Fordham University Bob has Costas. nothing on St. Cloud. Screw State, you, Bob right? Costas. Yeah. The referees suck. Yeah, Tony Reale. It's Fordham. the NCAC. No, no, it's you. your league that screwed your team playing a Big Ten team. God. Explain that one to me. It is it is hilarious though, like when when the Gophers player not only like he knows instantly that he committed a penalty, and he like turns back to argue with the official about a call that wasn't made. You know, it's a, and then he's like, oh, uh, I guess I'll just keep skating here. Let's score the game winning goal real quick. The incredible. He like started he started bitching at the official for a call. Yes, that wasn't he started even to made. argue a call that was not being made. But but here's but here's the the most egregious thing is the official had a bailout. You call the hold. You call embellishment, you send them both off, and you stop the game. So, like, there, there's a bailout call, which I hate, but it exists. And instead if of... It, if it's a hold, why, I mean, this is a whole other discipline, but, like, if it's a hold or a hook or whatever... Yeah, he grabbed his jersey. Th- then why, why, why would it also be embellishment? Who be- cares if it's embellishment? Because you're that's getting, the rule. You're getting accosted. I agree with you completely, but that's the rule. The rule is if I try and sell a penalty, I can be called e- even though it's still a penalty. It makes no sense, but it's the bailout. And they had it. They could have just stopped the game, sent both guys off. They would have gotten yelled at, but okay. But instead, he just lets it go like, ah, I don't see anything <laughs> And Amazing. poor Jim Rich and Micheletti and Mark Parrish went apoplectic. It was a great call. It was so those guys wait, were those guys calling the game yep. on behalf of St. Cloud State. Yes. No, well, yeah. So it, it, it's through Fox and the St. Cloud State TV student production team puts together the game. So they're running the broadcast for it at St. Cloud. Those kids do a nice job. I think they do a very good job. Like that's a tough job. It is. It is better than some local. Oh boy. I'm going to stop. I'm going to take him too many drinks. Yeah, Mr. Mr. Alex Faust. Alex Faust is the best play-by-play guy in hockey history. A guy that won't watch BSN. I told you, they're they're really improving. All right, uh, back over to Judd here. Bonus statements. All right, bonus statement from me is this. Marcus Foligno is now, without a doubt, the heart and soul of your Minnesota Wild. Marcus Foligno, so so he was that guy, I, I think, to a large degree last year, but Suter's gone, Parisi's mm-hmm. gone. This is Jared Spurgeon's captain, but Marcus Foligno runs this team, and he does it in a way that is a breath of fresh air. He doesn't complain. He He's not the greatest player, but he's a good player, and he shows up every night. Like, like we talk about, you know, all that culture thing, right? I'm sick of culture. Who cares about culture? Well, in sports, culture is important. And Marcus Foligno has established a culture that holds players accountable. Imagine that with a while. Players are accountable. And he also has established a culture that basically makes everybody on the team important. And then most importantly, he comes to play every single night, every shift. This is how you win. I'm not guaranteeing a thing, but I am saying after watching the BS that we've seen, what, Dex, the last, you know, six yeah. or or seven years previous, more so to last season, this is how you win in hockey especially. Yeah, I mean, he, he has an unquantifiable, non-box score tendency with him that is that is very important to this team's culture and, and, and their just mantra going forward. 
I got Ray Shield because I said his statistics are going to come down because last year he played out of his mind offensively, and he's just not a player who can be a 55-point person, which is what he was on pace for last year. So regression was going to come to his game offensively. Doesn't mean he's still going to be a detriment to this team. He's a very, very important player to this team. Yeah. Uh, the Wild are coming, boys. Yes, they the are. Wild, so you, you've, got, you've got leadership on the ice in the room. You've got this. Listen, you guys know what this is all about, right? Right? What's it all about? Virgie? Hard work, man. It's fun. That. This is about winning. <laughs> I, God, dude. I, I love how it. How do you not love this team right now? I checked. Oh, my God. I checked, and I was told that that was spontaneous and not arranged at all. That that was completely. The, 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 the Jared, Jared, Jared's response is really what he said. Wait, he wasn't joking? He wasn't kidding. That that was a oh, serious geez. exchange. So what Jared said. It's about hard work and having fun was his true response. It wasn't arranged so that Billy could say that. It was it he, he Bill asked the question legitimately, pointed to Spurgeon. Spurgeon. Spurgeon said what Spurgeon said and that that entire but, exchange but no, I know that. was spontaneous. I know that. I'm saying did Spurgeon say it? Like did, it, it was Spurgeon saying it cuz he thought that that's what the goal was or was Spurgeon being I, I, I thought I think Spurgeon was being tongue in cheek. Because he had a little cheeky grin when he said, hard work and having I thought fun. so, too. I, I was told it was all pure. Interesting. Because mm-hmm. that would make me think twice about Spurgeon as a Spurgeon? leader. Like, you hear about but, hard work and having Phil, fun. Think no, about, we're here, about, we're here but, to win. But think about, like, this team previously. It's been about it's been about complaining. It's been about, can I have fun? Like, he he's a great player who has been brought up in a toxic household. Like, he's finally out. He's ex- they've all escaped. They've all gotten away from 20. They've all gotten away from 11. Like, it took some time, man. They're scarred. They're scarred. Uh, I got one more bonus statement here okay. for you guys. And I'm, I'm, sort of, I'm sort of back interested in the Gophers. I think my statement is this. <laughs> Imagine oh, if they hadn't lost to Bowling Freaking Green three weeks ago. So they they come back, they they win on the road at Purdue, which, by the way, went into Iowa and beat the number two team in the nation. Iowa wasn't really the second best right. team in the country. They were frauds on that level. Right. Um, it true. is kind of fun to see, like, when, you know, it's I'm in a glass house as a Gopher fan. Like, I can't really chide Iowa and Wisconsin until the Gophers are more, like, repeatably great. But Iowa was never the second best team in the country. I think they're probably one of the 15 best teams in the country. But the Gophers, two straight conference wins. They tried hard to lose that game on Saturday, but we'll look past that for now. Very Vikings like. Now you get a, ho- a home game against Maryland this upcoming weekend, in which you're currently five point favorites. Mm-hmm. Northwestern on the road, so a little bit tougher on the road the week after that. But Northwestern lost to Nebraska, fifty six to seven. Northwestern's a couple weeks ago. awful. They've got nobody. Yes, and Beat then them. Illinois at home should be another win, and so. God, like we we kind of lined it up after they beat Colorado thirty to nothing. You're looking at the schedule and you're like, I mean, they should rattle off like six straight wins into that Iowa game on November thirteenth. They could still rattle off five, but that Bowling Green game is going to stare you in the face. So uh, I think what I'm hoping for now is, can you win your next three and set up a seven and your your record will be seven and two against uh, whatever Iowa's record would be in that spot, and you still have a chance to win your division. But I don't know that Tanner Morgan can be the guy that carries you there. I'm just kind of wondering what some of the other options might be. That late game meltdown was was odd, right? 
Like the two, I, I think it was yeah, back-to-back possessions. He threw picks, and it's he's like, not very good. Yeah, but what happened? He's not very good. Yeah, I don't think he's that great. Okay, but hell, the dude. He's not mobile. You need a mobile dude too. Like if you, like why? Why do you have a mediocre pocket passer that can't run in 2021? Like at least give me a guy that can run for a hundred yards and you know make big plays improvisationally. But two years ago, it felt, or yeah, it felt like he didn't make these type of dumb mistakes. Like he's got a skill well, set. Had, it's not had, great, but he's got a skill set. He also had Rashad Bateman. Chris Amon Bell's a really too. good player, and he's got guys to throw the ball to. Although this was proved, anybody, and I mean this, almost anybody can be the running back for this team. Mm-hmm. Like we're so obsessed with. Oh my god, this guy's out. What's going to happen to the run game? Well, they're going to find the next guy on the depth chart, and he's going to run for one thirty. Yeah, yeah, they need they they need a quarterback who can just be like if you have a if you're not a if you're Alabama, you can have a game manager quarterback cuz you've got NFL wide receivers, NFL offensive linemen, right? Yep. Like Mac Jones is kind of a game manager, uh, you know, quarterback. Yep. If you're the Gophers and you're not getting like they're getting some four-star guys, but you need a dynamic player that can elevate guys around him and Tanner Morgan doesn't do that. So, yep. um all right boys, that's a wrap on Mackie and Judd here today. Tomorrow, we'll get you who who gets it and who doesn't. And Purple Daily, don't forget Vikings vent line yesterday was hot. Uh, it's already on pace to be one of our, if not the most consumed Vikings vent line of all time, just based on the way that game ended. So check that out on the Purple Daily podcast feed on demand. And uh, if you're watching us on the Score North YouTube channel, thank you. Click subscribe and the like button and spread the word about Score North and Mackie and Judd to uh, a few of your fellow Minnesota sports-loving, masochistic friends. See you guys tomorrow. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.